You are listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. This talk was given at 3800 Marlton Pike. For more information, check out circleofhope.net. Does everybody know Kim? Yeah. No? Everyone. This is Kim. Yeah. Hi, everyone. <laughs> Kim's <Hey> awesome. <laughs> and is super open to talking about her faith. So after the meeting, I hope you bombard her with questions as well and keep the conversation going. Um, you're always down to talk about faith, which is why I knew this interview was going to be awesome. It is going to be awesome. Great. Um, so, Kim, you're you're a Christian now, as you said before us. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you were growing up, you told me that you didn't grow up in a Christian family. So, tell us a little bit about how you grew up, and maybe a little bit of like how you started to find faith. Okay. Um, So uh, as a kid, so my kind of starts with my dad leaving, I guess. I was three when my dad um, left my family. Um, And so my mom and my older brother and I um, were kind of on our own. Um, And so... Uh, my mom kind of played both roles in my house, uh, kind of the mom and dad role, and um, but we always felt very cared for and loved, and she played both of those roles really well. Um, but I, I feel like when I look back now, we were we were in survival mode most of my childhood. You know, um, I was a gymnast, and I remember my mom um, like working at the gym just to pay for like the hours for me to do gymnastics which i which i never equated to being like a thing then but now i'm like oh my gosh (laughs) you know so we were very much like uh in survival mode a lot um she kind of sacrificed a lot we lived in a parsonage of a church because the rent was really cheap um and uh so i guess um but I, you know, like I said, always felt loved, always felt cared for. But faith was not a part of that. And I, I think probably the biggest reason is that I think when you're in survival mode, there's uh, not much else to think about. So I don't think my mom had the capacity to like be a, be a part of, I think if she were asked, you know, do you have faith or what's your religion? She would have said she was a Christian, but I don't think she had the capacity to explore that faith or like embark on that kind of journey because she had two toddlers and was working you know 50 plus hours a week and uh you know things like that so um how i got introduced to faith um well my grandmother was a um very devout catholic so i learned some of the kind of like the prayers and things through her but it wasn't until I was 13 and my mom remarried and we moved um, to a new house. Um, and I guess throughout childhood, friends, I look back now, friends had invited me to like youth group and church things. They probably felt a little bit sorry for us, <laughs> you know, looking back. But specifically when I was 13, I had um, a friend who, uh, her family was very involved in a church and um, I, she was the kind of friend, like, we spent every weekend together, you know, like, 
she slept at my house on Fridays and I slept at her house on Saturdays and we just like spent our whole weekend perpetually together. But in her house, there was one rule and the rule was that we'd go to church on Sunday mornings. So our perpetual sleepovers always led to us going to church on Sunday mornings, um, which uh, eventually became kind of funny because that friend, like by the time she was like 14 or 15, her dad kind of like dropped the rule because it like, he was like pulling teeth trying to get her to go to church, but I kept going. <laughs> so her dad eventually was like picking me up every Sunday morning to go to church, but his own children weren't coming with him anymore. Um, so it's just you and your friend's dad yeah. going to church. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for probably like two and a half to three years, that was the dynamic for. Um, That's a long time. Yeah, yeah. But that was probably my first like major introduction into faith because something caught there. Something became intriguing to me at that point. Mm -hmm. And so when given the choice, you know, I remember her dad kind of telling me like, hey, I'm kind of giving up on making <laughs> the kids go with me. It's too much of a struggle. But I'll still pick you up if you want to go to church on Sundays. And um, and I really did. Mm -hmm. I remember genuinely like, like, yeah, this is, yeah, I do mm -hmm. want to do that. And so that kind of embarked my um journey, I guess. Yeah. yeah. So what was it about that church experience that you really liked that made you want to keep coming back? Um, mostly it was very social at the starting point. <laughs> I'm super extroverted and love people. And um, so they was, there was a big youth group and that was fun. Um, people showed interest in me. Um, you know, I was the kid that came without her parents, you know, so <laughs> a lot of people talked to me um, and uh, and showed a lot of interest in me. So I think um, I felt cared for. I had fun. I met friends. There were boys. I was interested in boys. I was 13. <laughs> Things like that. <laughs> was there, you know, not coming from a Christian family, was there anything about the church experience that you were like, oh, that's weird? Like, taking communion, like, oh, what is this? This is so weird. Was there anything like that that happened? There were definitely some, like, salvation, um, what's the word, invitations that happened a lot, like, in youth group settings and things like that, like, kind of the, like, close your eyes, um, and nobody's looking, but if you, just God, but if you want to raise your hand and kind of tell God that, you're committed to him or that you believe in Jesus and want Jesus in your heart, you can raise your hand and kind of do those things. That always kind of struck me as unusual. Um, I kind of felt like if it was between me and God, why am I like displaying it to <laughs> the adults in the room or something? Um, so there were some interesting things there. Um, but And the language really yeah. threw me for a loop. You and I have talked about this before. Yeah. <laughs> I just really didn't understand what that meant like Jesus into my heart like I thought Jesus was a, a person how can I have a person in my heart <laughs> like I was very thrown off by kind of like the Christian terminology at the time um uh and yeah uh but eventually I kind of like I was like oh I can figure I can learn this <laughs> I can talk like this if I want to fit in or do the things um but I wouldn't say my own personal faith experience happened through those weirdnesses. I think it, I think 
the church experience was my introduction. But I, mm -hmm. I feel like I kind of found faith on my own. Yeah. 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 So talk a little bit about that. When did that happen? And what do you mean by found faith on your own? Yeah, I think I felt like, um, so there was a, a point when I was like maybe 15 or 16, I had been going to this youth group for quite a while. But then I kind of stopped going for a little while because I was just becoming a social teenager that wanted to do things with their friends. And um, the youth pastor at the church kind of asked to talk to me one night, which was a little weird, but I trusted him. And um, he kind of just pulled me aside and said, uh, I don't know if you know this or not, but you're, you're a leader in this youth group. You know, when you show up, other people show up. And when you're not there, other kids don't show up. And he said, like, you know, you have an influence, you're, you're a leader. Um, so I just wanted to tell you that so that you would know that, like, you know, not only does your attendance kind of matter to me, but it kind of matters to other people or something like that. Um, and that was really mind boggling to me that, like, someone was calling me a 15 or 16 year old girl that did not grow up in the church a leader. Um, and so it kind of, it, I almost felt like I got put up against a wall in some ways, in a good way of like, if you're going to do this whole Jesus thing, like now's the time to do it because you're a leader, <laughs> you know? Uh, and so uh, that's when I kind of tried to figure it out. I, um, I kind of had heard that language, but I was like, maybe I should go to the Bible and, and see and um, figure out if, this is what I believe. And I remember coming into Hebrews, I think it's 11.1, 1, where it says, faith is being sure of what you hope for and certain of what you do not see. And um, that verse kind of got me because I thought, um, I don't really know about this whole faith thing and the language and all of that. But if, if that's all faith is, and if... Um, Jesus is the thing I'm, I'm kind of going with here. If I'm going to be a Christian, I can do that. Like that's, that makes sense to me. Like I'm, I am pretty certain that Jesus exists and I'm pretty certain that God is loving me and taking care of me. Um, so if that's all it is and I don't have to do the like raising my hand or like praying with the youth group leader to like have faith, if I'm just certain, then then sure, I can get into that, I guess. <laughs> and it might look a little different because I don't know all that language super well or anything. But um, so, yeah, so I was probably six. I was baptized when I was 17, and it wasn't be wasn't long before that. So maybe 16. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know that I had, like, a, a pinnacle. Like, I woke up in the morning and was like, I'm, I'm a Christian now mm -hmm. for sure. But I felt like there was, like, this gradual process over a couple of months where I did feel different. I had some kind of experience that changed the way I felt and the way I walked in the world. Um, uh, and people started noticing differences and that made me feel like, okay, it's stuck, it's for real, you know? At high school, in high school, my nickname was Jiminy Cricket. Everyone said that it felt like I was their conscience. Like, they would come back from a weekend and everybody would have been like partying all weekend. And I would like, people would be like, you know, mumbling in the corner, 
by their lockers about some crazy thing that happened at a party. And I would literally hear them as I walked up, and it was just funny because I like never cared or judged people's actions, or I didn't feel like I was judging their actions or something, but something in them made them feel guilty when I was in their presence, which <laughs> is really weird. Um, but it was something noticeable to me, like I've got something that people are recognizing as different, and to me, that I guess that's faith, but I don't know how mm-hmm. it felt, looked to other people, but I did get my nickname was Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I think you said you were telling me about how there was a moment where you felt like um, Christianity for you turned from just being good to, to to something else. And would you say that happened around that same time, where? Yeah. Well, actually, I feel like that almost started my like morality. So becoming a Christian for me was like, okay, I got this faith thing. Well, what does that look like for me now? And for me, the only thing I kind of had to like base it on was not doing bad things like my friends were doing. (laughs) I didn't really know how that looked like carrying it out in real life, except for being like a moral and good person and not being drunk on the weekends. Um, And so, yeah, it very much was this kind of like moral guidance in a lot of ways. Like I felt like that that was kind of the standard to show that I was being faithful. Um, yeah, uh, and but it wasn't until I actually, because I became a Christian, I was, you know, 16, 17, that was the time I was looking for colleges, and I decided that I really wanted to go, I'd heard that there were Bible colleges out there, and that was, like, fascinating to me, because I was like, so I can go to college and learn the Bible, because I didn't know any of the Bible, you know, when I started reading the Bible, I started at Genesis 1, in the beginning, because that's where you start in a book, in the beginning, and um, I hadn't learned kind of like the nuances of how to read the Bible or go into it. So a Bible college was like a very appealing concept in my head at the time, because I was like, yeah, I want an education, and I also want a Bible education, you know. Everybody else that I'm around seems to know the Bible, and I don't know anything. Um, But when I got there, (laughs) I found that a Bible college was um, not what I was expecting. Uh, You know, I didn't didn't feel like my Bible education was at the paramount of the goal for the school. Um, I felt like it was a um, kind of pack you into a bubble and um, make sure that you were above reproach on all levels of all living. You know, so I was like always in trouble, <laughs> always in trouble for never being, you know, good enough. Like my pants were always too tight. I always had secular music on that was not approved, and um, and so I started kind of freaking out a little that like the faith that I was like had developed this like morality compass that I thought I was so great at was kind of getting broken down all the time because I was never good enough. Um, and I was always in trouble. And so um, that's when I kind of really started to explore, like, there's got to be something different than mm-hmm. this way of life. Um, and also, no one in my life at home were Christians. And so if everything I was doing faith-wise was based around this, like, moral compass, I didn't have anything to relate to. You know, like, 
I remember my RA in my college dorm telling me about my music choices again and getting me in trouble. And I said, I have two things to relate with my dad on, music and baseball. <laughs> if you take away music and I'm not at home where we can watch baseball together, I have nothing to talk to my dad about. Like, how, you know, how am I supposed to make a disciple out of my dad, you know, because I felt like that was my job, right? Like, you know, I'm, I'm a Christian now. I'm supposed to go and make disciples. Well, no one that I've ever lived with is a disciple. <laughs> I can't even talk to them because I can't have anything to relate to. So maybe that's a circular um, rationale, but it, it was really eye-opening to me. I was just like, no, this isn't going to work, you know. I can't do this. Um, there's got to be something else um, to talk you know, there's got to be something more to faith than what kind of music I'm listening to. Um, and so that, I think my college years are really where my faith formulated in a lot of ways, like to, to something substantial, um, you know, to actually figuring out um, what Jesus meant by his words, what that meant for me in, in, in real life and with my my family and um, yeah I think that's when things kind of switched over yeah we started did you start like talking to people about it and asking other people questions and getting that kind of feedback and maybe that's how that started and... not there mm-hmm. yeah when I opened my mouth at school I just got in trouble um, uh, in fact like I, I, I was almost like kicked out so, um, because I questioned whether God knew the future or not. <laughs> that was like the end. <laughs> like, what? You're questioning that? You're probably not even a Christian. Like, you need to get some help, kind of a thing. Um, but I had, I had some people, Bryce, my husband, was one of the people that kind of came alongside me. Um, it was also the time, it was 2003, 2004, and we were just entering, um, we had just entered Afghanistan as a country, and there were things going on that really stressed me out about the war. And I found that um, another thing that my, I, I'm not bashing my school, I swear. <laughs> Sounds like I'm bashing my school. There's don't a lot put, of good things. Don't say it's name. <laughs> I won't. There's a lot of good things, but there were some terrible things. Um, the the um, I found that um, uh, I started noticing that people were like equating. Um, military service with Christianity or like um, going to war with being a Christian. It was almost like it went hand in hand. You know, the election was happening at that time and it was just a lot happening. And I mean, I said one thing about Jesus not picking up his sword or turning the other cheek and it was like, <gasps> you know, but not Bryce. He, he was like with me and uh, that really got me. Um, and I had a professor who kind of um, saw my struggles you know, I was in a lot of, I was a um, history major. So we talked a lot about philosophy and history. And when I expressed my thoughts to him, he didn't, he didn't um, shame me. Mm. He kind of listened and also like opened his office to me, like said like, hey, sounds like you might need to talk about some things with someone who's not gonna make you feel like a horrible person. My office is open. Um, and so, I feel like the few people that kind of came alongside me, Joel Smith, some of you may know him, he was also a part of that crew. A few people kind of came alongside me and said, it's okay to be who you are, 
just, you know, like it's, this isn't it <laughs> kind of a thing, which is really comforting to me. And so I sort of just toughed out my college years so, and, and then decided I would live my real life after that. Mm. And that's what I did. <laughs> mm. um, I graduated early to get out as quickly as I could. Mm. And, um, and yeah. And now you are living that real life. And I think so. Yeah. I think I'm trying. And you're and now you're trying to model it for your kids. And now your kids are growing up in a Christian home. Which you have no compass for not growing up in a true in a Christian home. Yeah, it's a little weird actually. because um, I keep thinking putting myself in their position, I think like, oh, they're so lucky, right? But I don't know that they think they're lucky. I don't know. I'm not sure they really care. So it's a little bit of a weird dynamic because I feel like I would have done anything when I was 15 or 16 to have a mom or a dad or somebody besides like my friend's dad or, you know, the youth pastor that I saw once a week or whatever to like go to and ask like about these thoughts or when I was at college to say like, hey, what do you think about this crazy thing somebody got me in trouble for? Do you think this has anything to do with Jesus at all? But my parents weren't on the same page. So I always think like, um, I'm so grateful to be doing this, you know, alongside with parenting, alongside of my husband Bryce and raising our kids in this Christian environment or something. But I don't know what that looks like. <laughs> I don't know that they're interested in it at all. But uh, I'm hoping something rubs off the right way. I don't know. Yeah. 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 <laughs> all right. Let's open it up. I'm sure you all have some kind of questions for Kim and her upbringing or searching for faith or how to find that special person to talk to. Uh, let's open the floor up. You got a question? Raise your hand. A question. Yes. When you became a Christian, how did you actually find God? Hmm. It's good. I think the Bible was where I had been sort of like directed to find God. So that's sort of where I went. Um, but I do, yeah, I guess, I guess um, I, I kept kind of putting those words in my head and trying them on. Does this sound right to me? Does this feel right to me? You know, Jesus words. And um, and then eventually it felt like it kind of stuck, like that, yeah, oh no, this is actually a thing. This is actually right. Um, I prayed, but it didn't, it didn't look the same for me as what I had seen modeled, you know? I was never really like the like closing my eyes, bowing my head kind of prayer. I just kind of talked to God and um, I found it, it working, like I felt heard. Um, and sometimes I felt spoken to. I would say I have more of those experiences now than I did in the beginning. Um, but sometimes I did feel spoken to, even even though it was just like a comforting word, like, no, yeah, you're on the right track. Um, I think being a social person, though, I sort of depended on other people telling me that it was God they saw in me. You know what I mean? Um, I have a crazy aunt who is a Christian that I don't see very often. Um, and she like flew in for a funeral, you know, um, during these early years. And I remember her saying it to me, like something's different about you. 
did you, are you a believer now or something like that? And I was like, yes, that's right. You are that crazy aunt that was always a Christian growing up that I never equated that with until now. Um, so I think I depended a little bit on people telling me that they saw God in me too, because I don't know that I would have trusted it myself. But, um, but I think the Bible was probably like my biggest avenue to like finding something that meant something to me. That's a good question. That's a hard question. <laughs> Any others, Mark? Um, just a comment, real quick. The school that shall be not named. Uh huh. Um, the touch of hands thing. Mm hmm. They should probably get their head out of the gutter. It's just kind of a little creepy. How tight were they? <laughs> that seems like J Lo tight for sure. <laughs> just kidding. No, they just it was just a lot of yeah, you're right, Mark, but that was the way. Well, I mean that's a that's a the classic thing. Yeah. Uh, how responsible are men for their sexual desire and right. how responsible are women that ev almost every culture puts the, the onus on the women um, yeah. and uh, Western Christian culture has a lot of terrible uh, legacy of that mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. what else we got Yes, question. What were your um, like roommates like or people in your class at that school? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, uh, very good, nice people. Um, pastor's kids, uh, missionary's kids, you know, uh, a, lot of, a lot of people like from ministry families, but also like people from just Christian families. I, I was the only one in my whole dorm that didn't have. Christian parents like that, that was a very kind of anomaly thing and divorced parents on top of that was like something <laughs> very different for the for the dynamic of the school um, my third year though I found the roommate that I had turned into like a best friend of mine um, and uh, so yeah I mean but very just super kind, generous, nice, wonderful people, but mostly very sheltered Christian people as well. Um, you know, yeah, that, that was just kind of the, that was the dynamic the school drew, it was a Bible school. So, um, you know, pastor's kids got a discount. Um, <laughs> like, there's like, you know, um, uh, we had a lot of kids that would like find the school from going to like a Christian camp over the summer. So like, they would go to the camp, the college would go and recruit kids there. So most of these kids had a lot of like Bible upbringing um, and things like that. Uh, so, but yeah, good people, just different from me. <laughs> but you were, you were, you were pretty uh, disappointed with the, the dialogue about the Bible, as immersed as they were in the right. Bible. And as important as the Bible was to you and what you had read of it on your own, mm -hmm. there was the there was a disconnect about what was most important. Yeah. What was most important to them kind of felt like when you were this is I'm just kind of restating some of the stuff you said. As an adolescent, 
to just stay out of the party scene mm-hmm. and you know stay out of bed with people that was like that's all very hard to do you know everyone's been 17 mm-hmm. and if you if you succeeded mm-hmm. in doing that i think you probably did something herculean for god you sure. know and i and i want to honor that anyone who tries or succeeds at that yeah but it's not it's not the whole story right and they had a kind of extended adolescent thing where we're just going to keep these kids pure i suppose and that's our duty mm-hmm. and then i don't know what else but you were you were wrestling with bigger stuff you're like wondering what's, what's going on with the u.s and afghanistan yeah there was what also was no conversation so we were spoon-fed theology and an interpretation of the bible and if there wasn't a lot of there was no debate or dialogue about what things meant it was told to us this is what this means um, in fact, to graduate, we had to complete an oral exam in which we restated the school's theology and said we believed it. <laughs> Very, like, you know, indoctrination is really the only way I can describe that. So, yeah, so I was extremely disappointed because we were told this, this, this about the Bible. Um, and the only kind of debate, the only things that were up for debate were, like, minutia in terms of, like, theological perspectives like how far on the calvinistic scale are you are you a five-point calvinist (laughs) meaning you believe in these five points of theology or are you a seven point because you've taken it two extra steps and i'm just sitting at the lunch table listening to these kids actually have this conversation and i'm like yeah that's not going to make my dad a christian like those (laughs) things like i just couldn't grapple with the like super abstract And I think there is a place for some of that, you know, kind of like fun theological dialogue or debate. But like, I was like wrestling with like the actual things like, you know, um, like, how do I know? Like, do I do I have to believe in heaven or hell to do any of this? It's like, you know, I had a whole class devoted to hell. (laughs) The points of hell, uh, you know, and what that looks like when Jesus is coming back and what that's going to look like for those that aren't a part of that. And I'm just like, not there. I couldn't, I, couldn't, I was like, oh, I wasn't even sure that really existed. <laughs> but like bringing that up was really not okay either. So yeah, so the, I was extremely disappointed in my Bible education. I, I didn't, I didn't, um, I didn't walk away feeling um, able, more able to be a Christian. Mm-hmm. And, and still kind of finding faith on your own, kind of figuring it out, making your own tribe, not getting not getting uh, in, but not yeah. of. Yeah, and I think the morality stuff played into some of that as well. Also, there's this one, we talked about this, I had this funny moment um, of trying to figure out like what I was going to do with my life or what I wanted to be with my life, where faith kind of defined some of that in some ways with me out without me knowing it at the time, where, um, again, having to figure it out on my own. But I I remember going to my youth pastor when I was looking for colleges and asking him, you know, what he suggested. Did he have any ideas for things? And he said, well, what are you thinking career-wise? And I said, well, you keep telling me I'm a leader. I think I'm going to be a youth pastor. So I feel like that's probably where I'm supposed to go. And he laughed at me. And um, this is a moment that's kind of like come back more recently as like a, like a whoa moment. Um, he laughed at me and I was a little embarrassed and was just like, oh, 
okay, I guess, all right, I guess that's not what I'm going to do. You know, like, I wasn't really sure what he meant. He's like, no, I'm really sorry. I, you know, it's not, it's not that you um, aren't capable. It's not that you're a leader. You're just a woman. And it was like, whoa, <laughs> I had never thought about that, you know, and then it kind of dawned on me. I'm like looking around at the church dynamics, like, oh, yeah, all the leaders are men in the church. Um, and so I still ended up going to this Bible college, which, who also believed the same thing. I still every year I check the alumni letter that I get to see if any women are on the speaking docket. There's a chapel every day for school and. Not one. I haven't seen a single woman in 12 years of getting this alumni <laughs> packet. But um, that was a moment for me where I then was like, oh, shoot. Oh, that was the thing I didn't know. No one told me that being a Christian also mm. meant kind of sitting down to the like leadership roles because I'm a woman. Um, but then kind of upon my last couple of years at school, sort of figuring out what my life was going to look like afterwards. I knew right away at that point, like, there will be no, I will never attend a church that doesn't have women in leadership or doesn't allow or accept that. Um, and so, um, again, figuring that out, out on my own, that that was okay, kind of weeding through, you know. Like, no one ever taught me in the Bible why women can't do leadership things. It was just kind of like spoken in class. Um, and this is why men lead things. Move on. You know, there's no no debate, no discussion, no conversation about what things actually meant in the Bible and how they could be relevant or not relevant today. It's just this is where we, this is what we believe, this is what you are to believe, and this is what you will go into the world with. Um, but so finding Circle of Hope was a big part of my faith journey because um, it was so freeing, like coming out of that experience and knowing that I can sit up here in front of you all and it's totally okay but <laughs> that's crazy that it's not other places I know that it might sound silly to some of you who have only been in this faith but that's not the norm in at least uh, in our neck of the woods mm -hmm. a lot of the evangelical churches I'm sitting up so you know figuring things out on my own that were like important to me or important to faith and I think it's important to faith in general I think it's actually like sinful to shut women up so mm -hmm. maybe that's a bold statement but spicy take <laughs> truth preach don't equivocate I think I saw Jesse's hand up my hand was up I wanted to ask because you said you had to like recite all of their like theology like how did yeah. you do that, oh, I just memorized it just like you do for a test, and then I got the hell out of there, Jess. Oh, <laughs> I just wanted my diploma. I was like, walked out. <laughs> so it wasn't like it wasn't like I don't know. I don't. I like. I don't think I feel yeah, to do that. Hard. I don't think I would be able to do that. Yeah, at ask Joel Smith. I don't know if he ever got his diploma. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. No, I think he did. But but we all did the same thing. We had to figure out how to do get it without, without like yeah. wanting to rip out your own eyes or reading it. Like Yeah. Yeah. Dan, did you have a hand? Yeah. Um well first a comment. I I think it's really interesting that you're 
um, that was it your youth pastor or somebody saw that you were a leader, mm-hmm. right? And you, you kind of, I, I know you and you are a, a natural leader, mm-hmm. but then there's also this, this interesting dynamic that you, you know, when you were asked like, how did you find God? It's really like other people kind of telling you, yeah. you know what I mean? So there's this, this really interesting thing of being a leader, but then really seeing God in other people. Like mm-hmm. I just, that's so cool that that mm-hmm. works together. Um, but I wanted to ask another hard question. Uh, so what is, what do you think is like the, the bare minimum of what it is to be a Christian? Mm. Oh gosh! Because there's like, you know, there's in this church, there's the, all these theological things where they're telling you this stuff, and, and you're not feeling like you're being fed the, the you're not getting the, the nutrients, you know, of of how to actually be a, a Jesus follower. So what what have you come to learn is at the the basic building blocks of that? Yeah, um, I think. Um, openness to faith, something sh- kind of like that Hebrews verse I yeah. recited, the being sure of something you look for, certain of what you do not see. And openness to faith, um, and some some knowledge about Jesus that that puts you into action. Because um, I think we can I think we can learn Jesus, learn about Jesus in a number of ways. But if that knowledge isn't actually changing who we are as a person, and I think that looks different for everybody, because I think if we can change super, super slow, or we can have these moments of like big growth, and I think we go through seasons. Um, but I, I think, I think the knowledge of Jesus has to change us in order to, to keep our faith sustainable. Yeah. Is that yeah. Acceptable. Yeah. <laughs> That's a hard question. Yeah. Um, any others? We're about five minutes over. I think Pat had his hand up, but maybe. Um, yeah, so Leslie's sitting here. I feel like everything you're saying, he's like, yep. yep. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Leslie. <laughs> um, how did your, uh, this is, you know, just a real easy, quick question. How did your relationship with your mom and dad change when you became a Christian? Mm. Yeah. Uh, it was actually really, really hard. Mm. Um, the hardest person was my stepfather, um, because my stepfather used my new kind of like morality cloak, the thing that I was like carrying, to like turn everything against me whenever I did anything wrong. Um, I always use this really weird argument that we had as an example, but he um, was very particular about stuff in our house, like everything was very perfect, and. This is so stupid when I think of it. I would get dressed the night before school. I would hang my clothes with a hanger on my dresser, like the the knob of my dresser, in order to be ready to go the next day, right? I had my outfit picked out. And he kept repeatedly telling me, I don't want your hanger on the knob because it's going to scratch up the dresser. And I I kept doing it anyway. And he wrote me like a three-page letter about how I clearly wasn't acting like a Christian because I kept hanging the hanger on the dresser. <laughs> so stupid. But also, it got kind of used against me in some ways. Or my dad um, my dad would kind of um, 
I would ask to go to something, you know, church related or whatever, and he would basically kind of tease me the whole time and always would like tell me to light light candles for him because he was the first to go, you know, to the dark side <laughs> when this time came. Like all these kind of weird things started happening when I became a Christian. Uh, my mom was kind of neutral, but uh, my mom has become a Christian. Um, I would say that she found faith maybe like five years ago or so, um, somewhat on her own too, with like maybe a little bit of guidance from me, but that's always strange too, teaching your parent how to do something um, or how to kind of live differently. Um, but yeah, so that has like improved, but in those first few years, it was very strange wearing this like new identity with people that felt like they knew me best. Um, and I think it got used against me a lot um, because they didn't know how to handle it, you know. But at the same time, I'm the person that my family goes to for all things faith-related, right? So, like, my grandma dies, and my dad's like, you're the one that has to do the eulogy and the prayer and all the spiritual things, you know, because you're the closest one to God in the whole family, you know. Um, or my stepdad, when my stepdad was dying, he died three years ago, and when he was dying, I mean, it was me that he called when he was like, I'm scared. I don't know what's going to happen next. And I'd like to think even that my stepdad found faith before he died, um, even in the last few weeks. Um, so I think while they didn't know what to do with it when I was a teenager, it was an identity that stuck. Um, and so it became something that has been a big part of my family identity now for, for everyone involved. Um, so, yeah, it's a good question. Awesome. We're kind of out of time, we're kind of over time, but Kim, thank you so sure. much. Let's give it a Thanks for listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. If you want to talk about it or get connected to a cell, you can find one under our Connect drop-down at circleofhope.net.